1: Hello and welcome to Ghost Ghost Chronicles, don't know if anybody's out there, hey if anybody can hear me out in the chat room, this is Ian on Ghost Chronicles, looking for Ron, but welcome to the show if anyone can hear me, (laughs) hmm, we seem to be having some dead air issues,
0: Good evening, Hello? everyone. I think. I'm here. There you go. <laughs>
1: Hi there. Okay, that was
0: different. Uh, welcome <laughs> to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Ann and Ron, and that was strange. Yes,
1: it was. That's right. <laughs> I hope that people can hear us now. I'm.
0: Uh, I.
1: Okay, John says he can hear us. Hey, hello hey, everybody right. out there. All right, yeah. let's, go, let's roll with this.
0: Yeah, for, for those who don't know, uh, we are live on TojiNet, uh, Pararex, Goose Channel, and beyond, but uh, TojiNet has switched their server over, and they've become the new TojiNet radio, and I guess the new TojiNet radio has got a few bugs to work out. <laughs>
1: Just a but, couple. And, what's that? Just a couple.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I haven't spoken to you for a little bit. How you been?
1: Oh, pretty good. Really busy. We're uh, at work. Has been pretty much out straight setting up the new studio, and my boss has been on vacation for two weeks, and it's uh, it's been crazy. Oh,
2: but, what a good
0: time to take vacation! When I know, done, I know. Huh?
1: It's not it's not his fault though, because uh, you know the whole it's a, a new high school that has been built, and. Mm-hmm. He can, you know, new construction and moving from one old high school to a new high school. So everything is, is constantly in flux, and it changes daily. So when he scheduled this vacation, we were already supposed to have been in there for two months. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really not his fault. I can't I yeah. can't blame him. So in, it was a cruise, so he couldn't get out of it.
0: Huh. But anyways, yeah. That's the story. So that's to what
1: it. I've been doing with my life. Mm-hmm. How
0: about you? Yeah, well, you know, the exciting things. I got the new Ouija board in, so I'm dying to play with that. I'm uh-huh. going to be checking it off next Tuesday in the uh, paranormal study group. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. It's it's uh, It runs on batteries. It has batteries in it. <laughs> not, so I'm excited. a
1: operated Ouija board.
0: Yeah, mm. but the planchette is pressure sensitive and it lights up. And it's, it's kind of cool. I'm really excited. Uh, You don't really want to give it a spin, so we'll see Mm -hmm. what's happening with that.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: and then, of course, we just finished our pirate cruises, which was awesome, but we just, we just, in September 27th, I believe it is, it's a Mm -hmm. Friday night, uh, we're going to be doing a monster and ghost mystery crews. So mm. uh, Steve Parsons and Cal Cooper will be over from the UK yeah. and, and Steve is also a uh, Loch Ness investigator so he's got some stuff to talk about that and nice. we're going to talk about some of the local uh, creatures that haunt the coast and some of the ghost stories of course as well. So, Excellent. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, added that, so that's, I'm excited. But anyways, uh, we have a neat show tonight. This is a young lady um, who I've been wanting to get on for a while. Actually, her book came out, The When I Was Interested in. It came out, I think it was about a year ago, if not more.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: I've been trying to get her on for a long time to talk about it. But uh, she is uh, Marie D. Jones, and she is an author. And uh, let's bring her on board. Marie, you there?
3: I'm here. (laughs) Hi, Marie. Hey, you called me a young lady. Ooh, I love you. You are. uh, (laughs) You are. uh,
0: You know, when you're 108 like me, everybody's young. That's right. Uh,
3: (laughs) So it's all relative, huh?
0: There you go. Oh,
2: man.
0: (laughs) So, so Marie, you are an author. Uh, You've written a a ton of books, actually, uh, and and contributed to many more. And uh, you also have a website which is called what?
3: ParaExplorers.com. And that's my website with Larry Flaxman, who I've written the last six or seven books. We have two books actually coming out. Um, one in October and one in January. So we've done a number of books together. And he really wanted to be on the show, but he's out arresting someone. Right. Oh, and, I know. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's like he'll call me every now and then, Marie, I can't do it. I'm, I'm out on a sting. or You know, are you scoping mm-hmm. somebody out? He's in law enforcement, so his schedule is wacky. But, oh, yeah, com, And then my website's mariedjones.com. Awesome. Um, I just... Found out today. In fact, I'm kind of breathless. My my literary manager called to tell me that um, my second uh, I have a young adult novel series that just got picked up
2: called oh, Freak, cool.
3: and it's got paranormal elements. So I'm really excited.
1: So excellent.
3: Yeah, either of those websites, but excellent. Yeah, I will put I've them both on our on
1: our. <laughs> I'll put them both up on our Ghost Chronicles Facebook page, which
0: is cool.
1: Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on Facebook
0: so okay. there you go. But anyways, <laughs> something's always intrigued me, and that was The 11-11. And
3: yeah.
0: that was a book you uh, wrote, I think, a couple years ago, or at least a year ago.
3: Yeah, well, you, you know what, let me look. That was my very first book with Larry, with Larry Flaxman, and it came out, believe it or not, in 2009.
0: Oh my God, I guess yeah. it's, it's been a Yeah, it's been out a it.
3: while. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so it's our most popular book together, and it's <clears> still just going strong. I was kind of surprised because after it, you know there is an association with the December twenty first, two thousand
2: twelve. Oh yeah, the end,
3: end of the world, world. Right. That's right? Right. We yeah, had yeah. which we all know went real swimmingly well. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, right. Well, actually, Marie,
0: we don't know. I mean, we all could be gone and just don't, I, unaware. Of you it. know I mean, what?
3: Wouldn't that be something if we're in someone else's weird dream or reality and we don't even know the shift occurred? I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> but,
0: you know, when you think about it. I mean, I talk to so many mediums and they say, well, I passed on a ghost who didn't know he was dead. So maybe the whole world doesn't know it's dead and we're all here in a ghost world.
3: Okay, well, do I have to work so hard then? I mean, come on.
0: <laughs>
2: but it's That's right. because
3: you know, with the eleven eleven thing, we were asked by our publisher, New Page Books, to write mm-hmm. that book because we were when they when uh, Michael Pye from New Page Books said, "Hey, why don't you guys think about for your first book together, write about the eleven eleven phenomenon?" And we were like, "Huh? <laughs> what <laughs> phenomenon?" And you know, again, this is back in let's say two thousand eight, because I, you know, like a year later, the book was written, edited, and came out. So we're like doing all this research, and it's just shocking uh, how global this eleven eleven time prompt and other time prompts too. But really, eleven eleven. And one of the things that really confused me lately is the fact that you know we had found out that eleven eleven was the alleged beginning of the winter solstice on December 21st, 2012, and that that might be why so many people were seeing it. But let me tell you something, guys. It ha, seems to have increased since then. Really? Wow. So, yeah, it's really weird because I've got more people now emailing, messaging, um, wanting to talk about it. I, I did a radio show a couple of weeks ago. I went up the coast a little ways. I was in a coffee shop with the host. We were having coffee. A bunch of people come in, come in yeah. off the beach. You know, oh, 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 11-11, 11-11. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if either of you guys have seen it a lot. Have you? <laughs> I see it a
1: lot. I then do. Have you I...
3: For, for, like, uh, pretty steadily for a certain amount of time?
1: Or? Um, well, maybe not so steadily, but I, I always seem to look at the clock at that time. Yeah. I seem to catch it. Um. And I always make a wish. Aren't you supposed to make a wish when it's 11 I 11? do. Right? Yeah, okay. I mean,
3: I learned that later, and I was like, dang, I got some back wishing to do. <laughs> 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 I saw it. But, yeah, that's right. one of the, you know, the sort of folkloric things that sort of right. originated from this. But now let me ask you, though, have you been seeing it for years or just sort of when you became aware of it, like through the Internet and social media and stuff?
1: Um, I would say for years. Wow. See, yeah, that's
3: really intriguing to me, because when Larry and I were doing the book, we kind of thought, well, you know, I wonder if some of the the, the fact that this phenomenon went viral
2: mm-hmm. uh, is
3: because of the Internet and social networking. It's like a contagion. You know how it is with these memes right. and ideas. And that's that in itself is fascinating how we decide what's what we're going to take viral and what we're not. But. We heard so many stories from people who, even before the Internet, I'm talking back in the 70s even, (laughs) who were very much involved in this sort of 11-11 coffee groups that would get together to talk about it. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. I know it. And um, people that, you know, oh, my grandfather used to talk about 11-11. I had a wonderful uh, message from a gal just a couple of days ago, who said, um, I'm not going to say a name or anything, but she said her grandma had died. And on her, the deathbed, one of the last things she said was that she, they kept showing her 11:11. And
2: Really?
3: Yeah, and she, like, to this day has no idea what that meant and then kind of sought me out to, you know, learn more about the phenomenon. But it's just so weird because it seems to be gearing up again.
2: Hmm.
1: Wow, that is crazy. But they're showing you. Yeah, are so, showing you. What is it? the
0: significance of it? That's what I'm trying to get at. Well, you know? okay.
2: <laughs>
3: Whenever I write a book, or, or Larry and I, what we try to do is stay as objective as we can, almost acting like you're a reporter, and mm-hmm. look at all the different ideas, theories, what have you. So I'm going to give you the easiest one first, and the one that makes the most sense, and that is that. You know, a few people might have had some personal relationships with this particular time prompt, this number eleven eleven, mm-hmm. and they told their stories. And then, like I said, it just went viral. Or the more people saw it, the when your brain, you know, you guys know this from working the paranormal. So when the brain sees something once or twice, no big deal. But as it sees it more often, it begins to sort of grab onto that. That pattern, Mm -hmm. it almost makes it a habit, and then the brain will do something really funny. It'll actually seek out that information. So you could be seeing time prompts all over the place, but your your brain is kind of trained to seek out the Mm eleven-elevens. That's that's the boring, more scientific. But here's the problem: we talked to people. We looked at forums where there were thousands of people telling their stories all over the world. And these people, and, and, and you cannot discount this just because it's subjective personal experience, they knew that this was something more. They, they were so passionate about the fact that this had meaning, that there was something trying to tell them like a wake-up call, or like if you're on Facebook and somebody pokes you. They're like cosmic or angelic or universal pokes. And enough people who actually had experiences associated with seeing 11-11 that Larry and I really had to say, you know what, we can't prove it, but this seems like it's bigger than just the brain, you know, mm-hmm. up to its little tricks. So it it seems to have a subconscious, almost archetypal meaning to whoever's experiencing it. So in Hmm. other words, you might have it happen, but you don't consciously know why. It's kind of like looking at crop circle images, and it's like, huh, well, that's a beautiful uh, symbol or image. It's got symmetry. It's gorgeous, but what does it mean? But your subconscious gets it. Okay. Yeah, and then also there's collective groups that see 1111 and feel like it means something for humanity in general. And my feeling is if that's the case, we're just not quite meant to consciously know, but subconsciously we're all being compelled towards something. And the whole thing with 2012 was, you know, we're being compelled to transcend and become better
0: people. Well, you, you know, we, we, <laughs> we got a bum calendar. That's all, all I can say. They just forgot to flip it over on the other side. And, you know, <laughs> but but tired. It's like, I don't want
3: to carve another one of these wheels, man. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you know what
0: the interesting thing about this is, uh, you know, I first started doing paranormal investigating many years ago. I didn't believe in a lot of things, and, and uh, certainly I didn't believe in mediums and so forth, but I met Maureen Wood, and uh, I started working with her, and we would drive down the street and she would say, mm-hmm. Oh, 222, two, two. Uh, don't stop till America. Or something else like, What are you talking about? She said, at the license plate numbers, these, these uh, numbers on the uh-huh. license plate. And I had never noticed them before, but ever since that time,
3: <laughs> now I, I realized <laughs> that,
0: that the license plate numbers do have these strange numbers that come up. And uh, yeah, you look at it, are we just aware of this or are we getting messages from somewhere? And we're finally cognizant that they're there.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. maybe they've been here all the
0: time, but we just we're uncognizant of
2: them. Exactly.
3: I'm glad you said that because we always use the analogy of, say, you you decide you want to go buy a a pink hummer. Now, I don't know why anybody would, but just (laughs) say you (laughs) wanted to. And you're thinking, I'm going to be the only person on the road with one of these puppies. Woohoo! I'm so cool. And then the minute you drive it off the lot, you see, you know, five of them just on the way home. And it's because now you have an investment in seeing that. It's not that those pink hummers weren't there. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have a reason to really notice them unless right. one happened to hit you. Um, <laughs> and so that's really what it could be until you talk to people. Like if we didn't talk to anybody and we just, ha- people were just seeing eleven elevens and that was it, I would lean towards that heavily. But when you start hearing the, like I said, the passionate stories of people and even the ones who said, you know, my my father saw eleven eleven for years and then he died at eleven eleven on Friday morning. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, what the heck? And really what what we what we decided to do with the book is really look at numbers because if you think about it, the math the language of the universe is mathematical. It's numbers, its ratios, it's measurement, it's mathematical. So, if some higher form of intelligence was maybe trying to prompt us or communicate with us, it'll do it in symbols and numbers and things that appeal to the part of our brain that really needs to get the message. And that is not the conscious brain, you know. Mm-hmm. The conscious brain is a troublemaker. <laughs> the subcon—well, so is the subconscious. But the subconscious is where we really get stuff. You know what I mean? It's like not intellectual, rational. Um, Gee, I don't understand what that is, so it doesn't exist. It's the subconscious. So it's like music affects us subconsciously, numbers, symbols, certain images, and we can't really explain why something has such an influence on us or makes us feel a certain way because it's happening on that subconscious level. And the more people we talk to, the more people were convinced that it's um, almost like with UFO disclosure. It's like a slow way to get human beings to sort of. Uh, elevate themselves, their behavior, open up. Uh, One of the things that, that, you know, some people said is they thought that it was a way to sort of get us to start thinking of ourselves as being more than just three-dimensional creatures in a three-dimensional world. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, how do you, you know, again, we're all involved in the paranormal too, and it's hard because you want that objective, empirical, in-your-face, holding-in-your-hands proof, Right.
2: Right. (laughs) <laughs>
3: but so, what do you do? Say that all these people are just nuts mm. making it up. Are they all just, you know, like in a cult where you just believe what everybody tells you and then you start saying you saw it too. I don't
1: know. <laughs> right. Ghost girl in our chat room says she was born on 11, 11. See, there you go. There you and go. It's,
3: you know, here's the thing. If she finds meaning, if that's meaningful for her mm-hmm. and if people see eleven eleven and it, they suddenly are drawn back into the present moment, and they become aware of what's going on around them, I, we've heard of dozens of people who said that every time they would have a time prompt, it sort of jerked them back into the present so that they could notice a synchronicity that was about to happen.
2: Oh, that's cool.
3: Yeah, hmm. that like yeah. you know that had they missed. They might not have met this person that they fell in love with. They might not have gotten this job interview uh, opportunity. Right. So maybe that's all it is. It's just you know the the universe speaking in numbers to us to get us to pay attention to what's right in front of us. I
2: hmm. I think
3: that that's really a cool way to look at it. If we don't really understand, let's at least go for the most helpful way of of
1: interpreting this right. until we get it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and of but, course I mean, we, we, we yeah. ha- I'm, go ahead Anne. go ahead.
1: But we have yeah. a really significant date and and I say this because my birthday is on 11 12 the day after it. so I always have the day before my birthday off. Uh, yeah. Veterans Day, the 11th right, day, right. the 11th yeah, month at right. 11 am.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That's all. So 11. you were the 11th child. No, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so you were day. two months.
0: were you two months late? Was Nineteen months late. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's nine months. You were eleven months.
3: Oh my gosh! You're oh. been...
2: <laughs>
0: I'm just working on this. I'm just working on this this, this scenario here. That's all. Uh, but, anyways, I mean, there are some numbers that, that do have significance to us, and, and when we see them, we immediately think of something. For instance, the number six six six.
2: Exactly. I mean,
0: right. That means something to a lot of people. And uh, the, uh, it depending on what it means to it and, it, and, and how uh, they feel about it, it's it, – it, it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It can instill a lot of uh, fear Super- at times.
3: Right, right. It's yeah. almost like superstition. The funny thing is that we found out about 666 is that in China,
2: mm-hmm. it
3: is a blessed number. It's a number that means good luck.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. They well, that's because they're the Chinese.
0: They get everything backwards. It's really nine nine nine. Nine nine nine. Yeah, there
3: you go. Somebody you know, it's like those old house numbers where the screw is kinda loose and you can just uh, go number over around.
0: right. <laughs> right. I always I always love you know I always love head- my my son had a uh, sticker that said six six seven. It was uh, neighbor of the beast. The neighbor of the beast on
3: yeah. <laughs> <shows>. <laughs> But you know, I've I, before I read 1111, I never saw that my numbers that I still did this, and I do now that, which is funny, and I get a, Larry and I get a kick out of it when a lot of times we'll email each other out of the blue, and it's like, oh my God, look, your response, 1111, but (laughs) mine is, mine is 333, I wake up in the middle of the night a lot, (laughs) which could again be my brain is just trained, Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been doing that long before I ever knew knew there were time prompts, and I, Mm -hmm. you know, we've heard. From people that twelve twelve, um, yeah, two 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 three 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 four, four four four, very yeah. popular.
0: Yeah, two and, two two yeah. is uh, it's uh, six.
3: that adds up the six, darling. <laughs> the, the two two
0: two is in, in according to angel numbers is um, don't stop till a miracle happens, and so I see that one quite a bit. Oh, cool. And, and I oh. always now now that. What
3: is, yeah. And I know that you know three. We wrote a whole book, the Trinity Secret, about. The, the number three symbolism that shows up in, in every religion yeah. and in mythology and stories and you, you know everywhere. So mm-hmm. three, three, three for me. I mean, I take that to be a very um, Bennett, benevolent number. Although some yeah. people have claimed that that is the time when a lot of UFO abductions occur. Oh, right.
1: So who oh. knows? <laughs> and, and then and you've that, got uh, you know you've also, got that but, three. Yep. Um, it's it's a symbol. It's om. Uh, yeah, it's kind I mean. of a lazy three, right? You know when That's you look right. at it. Yeah,
3: yeah. You're right. You're right.
1: Yeah.
3: I I think three three is considered the perfect number. So if you see three three three, you're you know it's adding up to the master number of nine, and you know the Freemasons revered the number thirty three, and mm-hmm. so there's all and and we talked to some um, numerologists and people that were involved in. Number symbolism and these time prompts, you know, they're always in a pattern, obviously, that the brain will catch on to. It's never like one, two, six, eight. But that could be for a particular person what they see all the time.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Which is weird because you think, okay, these are just simple. You know, we're noticing these because they're so cool. You know, wow, well, look, three, three, three. But, you know, one, two, six, eight, uh, three, nine, four, two, that means nothing to me but somebody else may see that constantly and get such meaning out of it or they get the meaning out of it at some point down the road.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. We just had a comment in our chat room. All right, go
1: ahead. Uh, (laughs) I'm beating you to the punch tonight, Ron.
0: Um, I'm going to beat you too, but it won't be the punch.
1: uh, Nate in our (laughs) chat room says the documentary 41 is about a family who lost a teenager and had this thing for 41 slash 14, and ah. after he
2: Ooh. passed,
1: they see 14 combinations and believe it's messages from their son, and I had read about that as oh, well, wow. and that was I never really,
3: that.
1: really interesting, yeah. It's called 41? I'm
3: going to write the, it down.
1: The Documentary 41. The Documentary 41. Oh, cool, because yeah. I
3: remember there was that movie, I didn't see it, Larry saw it, with uh, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. was it 23? Uh, oh. 23? I never saw it, but I guess it was about the same kind of thing, but mm-hmm. a little more sinister, maybe so forty one I got to look for that
1: right,
3: yeah, it's cool i I think you know my dad was a geophysicist, scientist, and he used to tell me a long time ago, ooh, one day you need to write about numbers, and I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, no, you don't understand. They are more mystical than anything that you're looking into, you know, Mm -hmm. with the paranormal because you're literally talking about the blueprint of of reality. And it's it's mathematical. And then I remember, like, in the movie Close Encounters, you know, where they have the five tones that are based on a harmonic and music and numbers. And Mm -hmm. just the idea that if aliens... Came around, you know, what are they going to speak French or German or English? Well, no, they're probably going to communicate universally, which would be mathematically.
0: Or lumps of potatoes, one or the other. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Or with, you know, hands signals and the middle well, finger you know, and that the, kind of
0: the, thing. Don't you remember them sitting there and making the uh, making the uh, the plateau there out of potatoes? Yeah.
3: Oh, God. Right. I've loved mashed potatoes ever since. This. Mm. Every time we make them, it's like, this means something. Yeah. This is important. <laughs> you know, you have to take your fork and make the little side thing. Well, <laughs> anyways,
0: I, I do hear the beats, and that means something. That means we have to take a break. So uh, if you'll hold on for a minute. Uh, we are speaking with Marie D. Jones And you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Toginet Perx Buschio and Beyond with the blonde bombshell herself, Ian Kerrigan and New England's own Van Helsing Ron Kolick. We'll be right back after the following messages.
3: Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future. Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more.
0: An oasis in this hectic world.
1: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest, Marie D. Jones.
0: Bingo. Right here on <laughs> Rx, uh, net Ghost Channel, and beyond. But one of the things I did want to mention uh, is that when I asked you, you know, what was the significant of 111, and you kind of went into a little dance with it, which which was a good dance, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I think the, the key to that is it means different things to different people. and uh, Exactly. And, right. and
1: again,
3: yeah, I, and I think it's not always necessarily something that you're going to get when it happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again,
3: there's that collective understanding too, like with the eleven elevens that took on a real sense of a collective time prompt because of the association with twenty twelve You had a lot of people thinking, "Okay, this is a." This is a wake-up call, not just for me individually, but for humanity
0: as a whole, or wh- yeah. for whoever would pay attention. So why wouldn't it be twelve twelve rather than, or whatever it was? I mean, rather well, than... Well,
3: you know, yeah, and that's what was so interesting, is because we kept asking that, and then, you know, we re- we discovered, somebody pointed it out to us, that the um, Naval Observatory's atomic clock, you know, the oh, MacArthur clock... Mm-hmm. And set the beginning of the winter solstice for 11:11 11, 11 a.m. I guess it's mm-hmm. that runs on Greenwich mean time. And it was like, oh okay.
0: Okay. Now we have-. it's like <laughs> Yeah, that but very you, gotta, moment. you gotta realize through the years we've changed the calendar exactly. as well. Exactly. Well, so, not I only mean, that,
3: but time is, you know, we we've like
0: yeah, leap year and, and whatever and <laughs>
3: right. it's there and it's, whatever. Yeah. It's whatever fits our symbolic. little little soul. Exactly. We've cut out days and weeks and months and changed this to that and hey let's do this, let's throw this week over here. Sure. um, But it just, I think what we learned, and and the same thing with the whole 2012 thing, was that it's almost not as important that something happened or didn't happen as how people dealt with it and what they took out of it. Because I knew nothing was going to Tragically, or shift, or change that particular day, December twenty-first. I knew, mm-hmm. but I decided that I could take that opportunity to wake up that day and be different. You know, mm-hmm. and kind of use it as a as a goal post personally. Right. And I know so many people who did that. It's like, you know, what if I'm going to set goals instead of doing them on New Year's Eve? Right. On <laughs> well, my, my end of
2: the world goal.
3: You
0: know, the interesting <laughs> thing about it, Marie, is is that. I don't know how many times in my life I've lived through the end of the world. Uh, know you know, it. there have been so many of them, especially, I don't know, because we have the the media we have nowadays, but there have been so many ends of the world. Right. Uh, there was one
1: this past week.
0: Oh, God, I missed it. Jeez, Jeez. I know, right? I,
3: yeah, what was it was that to be the um, uh, massive solar activity. We were going to get zapped, and I sort of Stumbled across it from Facebook, and I was like, um, "What the okay. heck? What <laughs> now?" <laughs> well, it was a meteor and shower, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It, it just came and went. And of course, you know, most people now, when they hear that kind of stuff, they just roll their eyes. and yeah, mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a good old Catholic boy, so we just kind of like solves all my problems with the end-of-the-world theories, is because in the, the Bible it always says, you know will not know the day or the hour, and so, exactly. you know, that's cool. There you go. I'm all set. I don't have to worry about it, because it's going to yeah. happen. I don't have to right. know about it, so there you
3: go. You're not supposed, because the idea is you're supposed to be a good person up until then, and not think, oh, I've got two weeks, so I can go, you know, I'll go out and be yeah. a complete idiot, because, right. yeah. you know, I can get away with it now.
2: yeah, but,
3: yeah I mean, it's just, there's some so much the scary stuff. I think we have a weird collective need to have the those because I, I, this is freaky. But I love reading apocalyptic or end of the world scenario novels. I just finished a really good one
2: oh, called cool. One
3: Second After, and it was about electromagnetic pulse EMP, which I had no clue even existed until fairly recently. And I think we get a weird sort of vicarious thrill through watching movies and reading books and, you know, there's so many movies, end-of-the-world kind of movies, and we love them because I think, we We make it through, we can turn the t v off or leave the theater and go home to our normal lives and in a way, we've symbolically survived the end of the world
0: <laughs> That's true actually, so uh you've written a ton of books you really have. I've gone on your website and I've seen so many on so many different topics too. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you chose your topics for your books and and what was probably the the most fun for you to, for oh, you to oh, write? Gosh.
3: okay well, I'll start with the the most fun and then answer the other question.
2: Okay, good. Yeah. it
3: kind of kind of goes in this order that really the, I love every book. We, we you know whether I did do it myself or I work with Larry. We we have a blast. It's really grueling hard work. I complain mm-hmm. a lot about it, but you know <laughs> I I'm so blessed to be able to do this. The most fun book for me was Science P S I E N C E, which was about uh, looking at quantum and theoretical physics and noetics and consciousness studies and trying to apply those theories to the paranormal. paranormal I have panel. that book. I loved that book, and here's two reasons why. <laughs> one, um, it, it connected me with Larry, and we started working together shortly after that. He was one of many people who emailed, you know, said, I read your book, and we just somehow just st- struck up a great friendship. Mm-hmm. But two, because that was my first real book, and I had a book out before that that was sort of spiritual humor called Looking for God in All the Wrong Places. Sold, <laughs> I think it sold like six copies.
2: <laughs> uh.
3: but Yeah, it but it got, reached the right uh, six people, though. Uh. right? It got such you know tremendous uh, reviews that it got me my agent, uh. Lisa Hagen, and she said, well, what do you want to write about next? And I said, I want to write about quantum physics and the paranormal. Mm. And she said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs>
2: She, really? You know, she, I mean, go, she was you really
3: honest. I mean, <laughs> and you know, two things. Because one, nobody knew who the heck I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a platform of any kind, and two, because I didn't have a PhD. So <laughs> I have my dad; he has one. Um, but I gotta and tell you, you did, it was. You
0: did stay at a uh, Holiday Express.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> did. I did, and it was good.
2: <laughs>
3: but um, you know, three months later, I had a deal because I really was too stupid to know that it was something I probably couldn't do. Uh, oh. and there's a lot to be said for ignorance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, I mean I wrote a killer proposal. I said show this to a few publishers and Michael Pyatt, New Page snapped it up and it was like, "Oh wow, okay."
2: <laughs> there you and go. that
3: really that really just sort of took off. Um, the other book I really loved doing was Super Volcano because that was with my dad. He died two years ago of ALS,
1: oh, uh, Lou Gehrig's sorry. disease.
3: Yeah, brutal disease. Let
1: me That's tell all. you. yeah.
3: And we had wanted to write another book together, but he, he just physically deteriorated to the point where you know we couldn't do that. But I love all the books. Um, the one that Larry and I are finishing now called Viral Mythology is probably the most uh, different book. We've really mm-hmm. sort of gotten away from the paranormal and now we're looking at I can't even explain it. It's about how information gets passed down from ancient civilizations to now and and all the different ways that we've, uh, things have gone viral in the past and how Mm -hmm. they go viral. It's, you know, so the kind of books that I've written about, that we've written about together, a lot of them have been paranormal oriented, but we always kind of branched out a little bit more with each one so that we could you know, you don't, get, you don't want to get stuck just writing about the same thing over and over again. Right.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that sounds like a really interesting book, too, Viral Mythology. I mean... It's trippy, because like, did we bite off more than we could chew here?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we're almost done with it. It'll be out in January, and it's just... It's really cool, too, because we're learning a lot that we apply to things like working in the paranormal field, and that is just how powerful ideas and belief and how thoughts and things go contagious between people to where, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Larry and I were talking, it's like, okay, so you go into a location that maybe has no history of being haunted whatsoever,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: but if you say that it does, by the time the 20 investigators that are with you leave, they're (laughs) going to have had, you know, and what's going on there? They're not making it up. Stuff is really happening, you Mm -hmm. know, and just how powerful information is once it's in the human mind and it, it kind of grows in there.
0: So, Marie, did, did you hear about the haunted house experiment? I believe it was in Canada.
3: Mm, I don't think so.
0: It's basically what you just said, is they took a house with no reports of oh. haunting or everything else, made a backstory to it, uh, brought people in, and sure enough, before it was all over, the house showed all the signs of a haunted house. <laughs>
3: Yeah. See, and I know Larry's done that. He has a really large group, and um, he lives in Little Rock, Arkansas. He has a group called Our Past. Mm-hmm. They they've mm-hmm. done that. They've gone into uh, facilities where Larry has, you know, I hate to say, lied. <laughs> 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 created it. it was done so that we could kind of just test this out a little and see if there was something to it. Same thing. Created a backstory, literally, with specifics like you know on the 5th floor a 5 year old little girl died and right. you can still hear her calling her mother and inevitably you've had if you have maybe 50 people you'll have a percentage of them who said they heard that little girl crying wow and, and i mean and, uh, isn't uh, that amazing what's going Na- on there <laughs> that is Na-
0: crazy nathan okay. uh, informed us it was called the philip experiment
3: mm-hmm. oh that's yeah that's where they created the plasma uh, almost created a ghost just yeah i've heard about yeah. that i yeah. think that there is something to be said here
2: the for everyone suggestion. in the paranormal. yeah
3: and also that there that we the human beings are the one common denominator in every single paranormal event circumstance experience we're the denominator so we really need to be studying ourselves a lot more. As much as we get into the equipment and the location and the history, I don't think we can remove ourselves uh, from that equation.
0: I've always asked that question. Is a haunted house still haunted if no one's around? If nobody's,
3: yep. And you right. know the crappy thing is? You cannot test that.
0: I know.
3: <laughs> even if you put it time, to be there time... You know, you put a, a camera in or a recorder, you're still and you're still putting a type of observer or measurement in right. there.
2: Right, exactly.
0: And that doesn't have to be
3: human. Yeah, but wouldn't that be awesome if we could answer that question? Mm-hmm. And what you know
0: would what? When, when I die, I will come <laughs> back and, and tell you, Marie, how's that? Would you please, because <laughs> yeah, it's going to drive
3: me crazy into this, the next life and the
1: next one. If I don't get an answer, I'm going to be really P.O.ed, you yeah. know? Oh. <laughs> uh, and it's no. it's funny that you should say that 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 the first book you did, The Science, uh-huh. uh, that is one of the very first books I bought when I started getting into the whole paranormal field. Oh, honey. See
3: and someone bought it. <laughs> I see one of the, the six.
1: The toe theory. Right? Right? Uh-huh. The yep. toe theory of everything.
3: Yep, the toe. It's also the gut. Yeah, uh-huh. a Grand Unified Theory. So you've got uh-huh. a toe, you've got a gut. <laughs> really well, the funny thing is that the book that Larry and I have coming out in October is called The Grid, uh-huh. and I first started talking about that in science, and I had no idea really uh, where that that idea was going to go. I was really into the zero point field. I had just learned a lot about that. <clears throat> And the idea that there is this field of of just everything, you know, Mm -hmm. that we could be tapping into for abilities like remote viewing or psychic abilities Mm -hmm. or precognizance or even deja vu, what have you. So I was really fascinated. But I kept thinking grid, 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 this sort of three-dimensional structure of reality. So Larry and I ran with that. We wrote about that in our second book together, The Resonance Key, which is about resonance, vibration, and frequency, and how a lot of the paranormal phenomena that we experience could be manifesting Mm -hmm. uh, because of different resonant vibrations, and and then we just kept thinking grid, grid. So we have a book called The Grid coming out, and what (laughs) it has done, it's allowed us to finally sit down and say, when it comes to reality, not just this, but paranormal, other realities as well, there is Uh, There are a number of external-slash-environmental things going on, and there are a number of internal-slash-physiological things going on. And when you align those two in just the right way, you have an experience. And that could possibly explain why you can stand next to someone in a location, and they will see an image or have something happen, and you'll have nothing. Mm -hmm. There has to be something about the physiology of each person. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everybody would be experiencing the same exact environmental or external influence.
0: Can I play devil's advocate?
3: Go ahead. Absolutely.
0: What if that experience was really meant to be just for that person? So if you're looking at it from the other point of view rather than from our, our world, if you were looking at it from the other side in that, if they have the ability to do what they can do, maybe that experience was meant for that person and not the person next to them.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? That's probably the most important and yet frustrating aspect of the paranormal Mm -hmm. that we may be talking about stuff that is so personal and so subjective that you cannot apply it to that, you know, scientific methodology that, excuse me, the rest of the world wants so that they can prove. You know, everybody wants that physical proof. Proof. But like what you just said, if this is meant to be for this person, but that one doesn't have a need to see it or experience it, they're not on a need-to-know basis.
2: That's a good way of putting it.
3: Yeah, it's like how the heck do you come up with a system of methodology to ever really quantify or measure that kind of stuff, and maybe we're not meant to. You know, right. I
0: mean, we're just not meant to. That may be the thing, that we, maybe it is paranormal, that's what the paranormal is all about. It's really about the personal experience. And, and and you see that so much in in the cases throughout the years, and I'm not talking about just in this century or, or this decade when we have all these shows on. If you go all the way back to the beginnings of time, you know, the Greeks and the, the Romans, I mean, they talk about paranormal experiences in... You know, they didn't have all this fancy equipment, but Absolutely, yeah, they had yeah. experiences.
3: Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's funny because, I mean, the Bible is full
2: of ghost stories.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people having visions of you, you know, I mean, really, you can interpret it, a lot of the things that people talk about as, you, you know, my gosh, they're seeing flying things and they're having right. cognitive visions of the future. and Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
3: but, oh, but that's just the Bible, you know.
0: Yeah, that's but the, that's the interesting thing, though, <laughs> is we see whatever we see. We see that in our own reality. For instance, if exactly. you take a picture, a picture of an orb, and you show it to you know, a bunch of people, uh, you know, the ghost person say, oh, that's, uh, you know, pl- plasmic energy, or uh, you show it's a skeptic and say, oh, that's just a dust particle, and someone else will say, oh, that's the Blessed Virgin, you know, it's an <laughs> ET, yeah, it's an ET, yeah, it's, it's an oh. ET you know, it, it it depends on your reality of what what you believe in and how you interpret that data that you're receiving.
3: I know. See, there you go again, too. Now what makes it even more frustrating mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, personal, mm-hmm. is perception personal interpretation,
2: right?
3: you know, it, it's just, maybe this is a mystery that we're supposed to not know, maybe we're not supposed to know now, maybe we're not physically equipped to know, maybe we're not consciously equipped to know, um, it, it, but yet we're all still looking for it, aren't we? We're all, I'm writing Absolutely. about it. you know, we're all still yeah. trying to answer questions that I think frustrate the hell out of us, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, so Marie, in what we describe, and we're almost talking as the paranormal as a religion in that it's a belief system rather than it is a, a science.
3: But I don't know. I think, you know, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, is a geophysicist, very brilliant scientist in his yeah. day. And when I was a little kid, this is really funny he used to invite over some of his colleagues. Now, these were people that he was involved in at a, a Lamont-Doherty Geological Observatory. So there were oceanographers, geologists, geophysicists, you know, all these different scientists. Guess what they would do? They would come over and smoke and have beers sitting around my, the kitchen table <laughs> talking about UFOs.
2: Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Got you there.
3: Now, mm-hmm. and, and me, because... Even at that age, I'm talking four or five years old, I was just fascinated with this stuff. I would sit oh, down sure. like under the table leg and you know, holding my dad's leg, listening.
2: Uh-huh. And
3: um, they all believed. They all believed. They couldn't really talk about it, you know, professionally or academically.
2: Right.
3: I think that there. And my dad always said to me, "There's a science to everything. There just may not yet be scientists." to figure it out. And I always thought that was such a cool way to look at it that
1: Yeah, absolutely. maybe
3: the day will come when the stuff that we consider paranormal will actually understand in the same way that we understand, you know, what makes it rain
0: yeah. or
3: how a tree grows. But Yeah, when we
0: die. That's when we we'll feel. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or you know, when we, somebody creates the absolute perfect piece of equipment, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But we don't even know what we're measuring. How can we create the equipment? I know
3: it. I know (laughs) it. That's why for me, and I know for Larry and all the hours that we have spent talking about this stuff, we kind of feel like, you know, maybe some of those answers are in us. You know, it sounds corny, but to understand our own brains, memory, consciousness, our minds, our physiology, the way that hormones and brain chemicals act in our bodies, maybe... If we can understand us a little better, we might actually understand the reality that we're perceiving. Uh, it, its I don't have any answers. I don't believe anybody does. Even scientists, every fact has the potential to be overturned at any time, and a lot of them have. Right. When we get new knowledge, like, you know, we get the bigger, faster telescopes to go further out in the universe, and that just overturns everything we thought about the
2: cosmos. (laughs) You know? We
3: have the particle colliders that are overturning a lot of what we thought about, you know, particle physics. So, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't be so frustrated and depressed, because I don't (laughs) think anybody knows
1: anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, how (laughs) can we do? (laughs) How many times have you gone to the doctor and you said, oh, well, I have this pain here, and, you know, what could it be? And the doctor looks at you and says, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and I had
3: eight years of medical school, and you're going to get one hell of a bill, but I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> what, really?
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know what we do know? Like you said before, we do know that we are involved, and for some reason there are people that have more experiences than others, um, and that you can have a location that is nothing more than an abandoned building with no spooky history, and people will make it
2: spooky. Mm -hmm. So,
3: (laughs) excuse me, that just kind of suggests that we have more power uh, in this equation than we probably think we do. So
0: Mm -hmm. I I have to ask you, have you ever done any investigating at all or anything? I have. I
3: have. I've done some. It's not something that I'm big on because I've been a writer since, you know, I'm a writer by trade. Right. So one of the reasons why I hooked up with Larry to work with him is that he has a big group that they go out and they do a lot of field work and investigating. So I rely on him. I've been out a few times. I've been to the Queen Mary a zillion times. I've been Mm -hmm. to local and regional places here in Southern California. I have never had anything happen (laughs) for <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> and so the I question, want it
0: to happen. That's what I was going to ask. Did you really want it to happen?
3: Yes. Because okay. I want to know, I want to be able, since I'm writing about this stuff, I want
2: it, to,
3: it, it, it's like, you know, I want to be able to say, okay, I was in the middle of it and I remember feeling this. Mm-hmm. Or right before this happened, my nose itched. You know, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I really would like it to happen. But uh, it, it never did. And it could be because I've always been super analytical. Uh, even though I write and I consider myself a right brain person, I think, you know, having a, a father who was a scientist, I think that I was exposed to a lot of analytical, left brain, rational, skeptical thinking. Mm-hmm. And I wonder sometimes if that has cut off experiences from happening.
0: I don't think so, Marie. I really don't, because I mean, I have a degree in environmental science, and I've always you know, a lot of things in the paranormal that I I even believe in now that I mm-hmm. never believed in, and and yet if if you're open-minded enough, I mean, you can be skeptical, and I'm always skeptical even today. I think you can still have that experience, and you can analyze it, and you can certainly think. But when it comes, it comes. You you will I... see it.
3: you know what, I don't get it because I've literally, when I was a kid, I was one of those kids that went and did the Bloody Mary thing in the mirror (laughs) and was like, oh, well, all right, back to bed. And, you know, I was terrified. I had to sleep with the light on. I had terrible nightmares. I believed everything. Mm -hmm. I believed, you know, in in aliens and UFOs and ghosts, but never actually had, and I don't know why, (laughs) I never had any encounters. Mm-hmm. Um
1: to this day I have to have a night on. <laughs> I
2: Marie, thought... you, yeah,
1: you sound I'm a lot like I sound you sound just like me. I I always believed in all that stuff. Nothing ever like I always go on investigations I'm like please let something happen. Tonight. What is it with that? Anything. <laughs> and it's like I almost feel the same way like I I I analyze it too much and I, I don't know. But I, I know exactly what you're saying
0: you, you yeah. know what's inter- interesting and I bring this up all the time is is that uh, we did an investigation at wood Island lighthouse uh, in many, about 2009 I think it was and the Boston Globe went with us and they brought the recorder and the reporter and everything else but anyways they did an article on it and they also did a cartoon on it which was is always found I've always found poignant because it showed the lighthouse and it showed all these ghosts coming out of it right And Uh then it showed me being interviewed, and it said, uh, Drake-It-Man has been ghost hunting all his life. And the interviewer says, uh, did you uh, get anything? He says, no, I picked, and this is me speaking, I picked up a little readings from my equipment, but that's about it. So, in other words, I was so tied up in my equipment and everything else, I didn't realize that all these ghosts (laughs) were all over the place. Yeah. You know? So I think that happens to us a lot of times. We get wrapped up in what we're doing, and we don't see the big picture. You don't don't. see what's right in front of your nose. And it could also be,
3: yeah, that, you know, I'm I'm like you. I'm so focused on seeing the proof that I'm missing it. It's right there, you know, but it's not in the form that I'm expecting it to come and – yeah, I don't know. I just always wondered. I thought, gosh, this really sucks. <laughs> it does. Well,
0: anyways, I hate to say this, but the doorbell rang. That means the pizza from the dead is here, so we've yeah. got oh, yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta say goodbye to you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm coming over.
2: Woohoo.
3: So we
0: got to say goodbye to you. Once again, could you give out your website and any other you things you would like to bring up?
3: Um, websites are paraexplorers.com and mariedejones.com. And Larry and I will be speaking together. We're doing our tag team Ooh. In October at the Paradigm Symposium in Minneapolis, and then on the website you can see where we're speaking separately and
0: stuff. So
1: cool. Excellent.
0: Great great we, thing, wanted, we, want, we want to uh, thank you so much. You were a great guest. And oh yes, it was very
1: interesting. You. Awesome. Thank you for
3: having me. I'm glad we finally got it got it going. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good night now. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Good yeah, night. Bye bye. She was great. Yeah,
0: she was pretty good. That was interesting. Yeah. Some good theories. Some Good things to talk about, and, yep. and that's what it's all about talking about and try to understand what we can't understand, <laughs> if that even makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I mean, uh, you know, when I read that book, Science, and it, and it was early on, and I mean, it, it talks about a, a lot about quantum physics, which I've never, ever, ever studied before. And it's really interesting about thinking about, you know, different planes and um uh dimensions and you know if you turned right at the mailbox instead of left you know you'd have another whole thing going right. off. Yeah. It's it's really it's really interesting. It's thought provoking.
0: Yeah, we we'll have to do another show on that sometime. But mm-hmm. yeah, I believe in a lot of that that, that you know, people say that our lives are all predetermined, but it, uh, it's not true. I believe that we every day we we make decisions that affect our lives. Sometimes they're just minute ones, but they right. they end up being big ones in a yep. in a way we don't, can't understand. Yep. But anyways, uh, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, I do want to mention we have the haunted tours for the friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse this Saturday. Uh, the first two tours are sold out, and the, the late one, which is the fun one. Uh-huh. do still have some openings uh, you can go to the Friends of Portsmouth Lights House uh, website to check that out Excellent. so thank you Ian once again thanks it's great to speak with you
1: and thank you and we'll catch up with you next week
0: yeah so for Ian and I good night God bless everyone thanks for listening
1: everybody good night